this was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave, and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. But the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand, and he's running really fast. And spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody yells, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge, and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg, and I look over, and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush, and I touch air. Couldn't breathe, and I couldn't move, because I know I'm seeing a monster. Yep. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I am your host, Tony Merkel. Thank you for being here. If you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section. And you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me, just get a hold of me. If you want more shows every week, go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the join button and become a member today because we offer exclusive shows on the website every Thursday. Members get a bonus show. So if that interests you, go to the website and become a member today. Now, also, we have the emergency preparedness food, preparewiththeconfessionals.com. That's preparewiththeconfessionals.com. And there you can get yourself some emergency food for that emergency in your life that you know is coming, but you never know when it's going to hit. Make sure you're prepared with food that will last with 25 years on the shelf. That's preparewiththeconfessionals.com. Now, today we have a guy named Joel coming on the show. He is one of two members of the group called Van Tesla. I had them in studio all day. We recorded some shows for the confessionals and my radio show, Rage Against Dystopia, which will air tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Fringe.fm. That's Fringe.fm, not .com, .fm. And you'll be able to hear the conversation I had with Joel and Quan about their music and what inspired them to start this group and speak the way they do in their music. Very edgy stuff. And that's on Rage Against Dystopia on Fringe.fm tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I also went live with Joel in studio on YouTube this past week. So you can go ahead and check that out. Just look up the confessionals on YouTube. Give it a subscribe and watch the live show that we did right there on YouTube talking about music industry and everything in between. It was a fun conversation to have with Joel right there on YouTube. So go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel of the confessionals right now. And finally, 
We have Joel coming on the show today right now for an exclusive conversation about his paranormal experiences he's been through throughout his life. This is an overtime conversation. The first hour is right now, right here for you. And the second hour is right there on the website for members in the overtime section where we get into another hour and a half, I believe, of audio content for you where Joel talks about how he got into Freemasonry and the struggles of trying to get into a lodge and why he was pursuing Freemasonry to begin with. He was obsessed with trying to gain power and make it in the music industry. It was an overall great conversation I had with Joel, and I'm really excited for you guys to hear it. So let's just get to Joel right now. All right, today we got Joel from Van Tesla in studio. Joel, how you doing, man? I'm doing good today, Tony. How you doing? Man, I'm doing good. So we just got done recording some shows for Rage Against Dystopia with you and Quan. Right. And uh, now you're hopping on the confessionals to share with us your paranormal experiences that you had in your life, uh, anything from your dad's history, which we're going to start off with, and how that kind of ties into your life to the UFO encounter, your son's mom being a witch, dabbling with the black magic. Uh, I'd like to say I dig it, but I at least dig the story. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I don't know how much I dig the situation, but other paranormal situations and stuff. But before we get into all that goody good, uh, we're going to go into your music right. and how this all kind of came together. Now, Quan's not here with us right now, but uh, you and Quan uh, came together to join forces and make this group Van Tesla. Right. So if you could, first off, let's just start off with the basics. Van Tesla, that name, how did it come about? Because it's very unique and I like it. Well, uh, I came up with it because uh, Quan had done a song called Nicola or was working on a song called Nicola at the time. I had just dropped out a song called Van Gogh at the time. Uh, He's kind of got a real thing with Nikola Tesla, you know, how he had basically had his free energy idea stolen and it was turn into what it is now where you're paying for power at this point in time. Um, and mine came from Van Gogh, just kind of a tortured artist that really wasn't understood until he died. I uh, went through a whole lot, f- you know, phenomenal artist. Nobody understood him until he died. And I think that's kind of where we're from. We both come from backgrounds of trying really hard at music and, and trying to understand that. And then it, you know, not shaking out the way we thought initially, um, kind of feeling unappreciated, knowing that we're talented. But, you know, I think that brought us together. It, it caught the idea for me to make the name Van Tesla. You know, it, it kind of resonated with both of us. And I think yeah. for us, it put us ahead of the ball game and what we were going to start talking about music wise, you know, getting more into the uh the the social issues that are going on right now, not necessarily from a point of view that most hip hop artists would do. So I think that's, uh, you know, where we're at with the Van Tesla name and, you know, what we're trying to promote going forward. Yeah. So, I mean, Van Tesla, for anybody listening, it, would you guys call yourself a hip hop group? I mean, I don't know. We do a lot of different things. Yeah, so. It's very different. I mean, you guys both rap, but you both sing too. Right. And I mean, when we were listening to some of the music earlier and stuff, I was like, wait a second, that's Quan singing, which means you both sing. Right. And I was just like, dude, you guys are super talented and the cool thing is you're not only super talented but you also have great quality music you have great instrumentals great production and you have a great message as far as i'm concerned which uh we kind of hit on rage against dystopia when we were recording for that show and it's like this is the new rebellion music right like back in the 90s there was this big rebellion with hip-hop and stuff and you know f the system and all that stuff yeah rock too and then it became very corporate and bought out artists 
And you guys, the content you cover is the current times right now, 2021, and where the world's going. And you guys are raging against the system, you know, raging against that machine. Right. And, uh, you know, it's really cool because there's other artists out there that are doing very similar things. But there's, I think, vast majority of artists out there, they're more concerned about creating an image for themselves, making it successful, whatever that is in the industry, which means they're not willing to go down certain roads, let alone, they probably don't even think about those roads. No, You know, like, it's just like, whatever, you know, I just want to be mainstream. Absolutely. And you guys are kind of taking that, you know, off the beaten path approach. And you're going to talk about real stuff and uh, you're going to piss a lot of people off in the process. Yeah. I I think being mainstream is just not important anymore because you got a lot of people more people than are actually letting on because a lot of people are scared right now and rightfully so with a lot of things that are going on in the world. Um, but there has to be some voices, you know, there has to be some voices for these people. And at least if they can't stand up, like we can stand up for them in a way and maybe give them some sort of confidence as well moving forward, because we have to stand together to make this thing work in the best way possible. Uh, the, The, the term is power in numbers. It, it does exist. I think when people realize that, I, or if they ever do decide to realize that, they'll understand that these, you know, entities above us, I won't go into that too much here, but these entities above us that control things, there's not a lot of them. There's a lot of us, but they also are very smart and know how to manipulate things. And I think exactly. that we've just got to wake people up to the point to where we can stand together, whether we fail or not, at least, you know, there's there's some sort of satisfaction and glory in knowing that you you stood up against something and you didn't bend over, grab your ankles and hope it wasn't too big. Yeah, no, I get it, man. And uh, it, it takes a lot of guts to do what you're doing uh, in the sense that it does put a target on your back. The bigger you get, you guys are doing this and you're just starting out the group. Uh, but the bigger the group and I'm telling anybody who's listening and stuff, you're about to hear one of their songs. Uh, these guys they're going to be huge. I mean, you guys really, I, I like your Instagram. I follow you guys on Instagram and I envision within the next year to two years, you just make some right moves. Maybe, you know, Tom McDonald shouts you guys out or something like that. You get right in front of the right people and you guys hit a hundred thousand followers on, on Instagram easily. And we appreciate that. I mean, seriously, I, I really believe you guys have the potential to have a huge following because you're speaking truth, the music's quality, and that's what people want. Right. You know what I'm saying? I think people want it more than um, they're letting on to. Yes. I think they're just kind of forced to take whatever is given to them. And that goes with everything in life right now. It's like we're just taking it because there's nothing else to take. Yeah. You know, and why don't we give somebody a choice there? At least one choice out of the million of choices that they can't have or the million choices that have been silenced. At least we can try to give somebody something that means something. Um, and we're still growing as artists, too. So hopefully we'll be able to give you even more like we'll grow with you. We'll all grow together. And as we grow this unit um, of musicians, podcasters, people that are about the truth, that are there standing next to people that want truth, I feel like that there's still going to be some good come out of this world. I don't think it's all for naught. Mm -hmm. No, I I hear you. Uh, And I agree with you. Like you look at Tom McDonald. I mean, he went number one on the charts 
And at the same time, he was number one. He had like the number three song as well. Right. And his music is in your face, you know, raging against the system. Mm-hmm. And so if if he is having that kind of success, that only means it's because there's an actual audience for it overwhelmingly. Huge audience. Huge audience. And so I just really believe that you guys, all you need to do is just be patient and wait for the people to find you. And Absolutely. It, it will come. So uh, let's get to some of your music. This first song we're going to play. Now we're going to play this song now. And then we're going to play another song for the outro for this episode. Right. This song is called Pockets. You want to talk about it a little bit before we hit play? And You know, actually, just let people listen to it. I think they're going to pick it up pretty quick what it's about and what we're about. All right. This is Pockets. Let's do it. Cells, steady killing they cells. Ten windows drop, gates got us in cells. You listen in the bars, but we stand at them. What's your sound opinion? To a sparkling atom and fathom. Dad cooking, breakfast baking, no sugar. Jam preaching, teaching, wiping kids, boogers. Fan protector, respected, house full of rogers. This the feeling that I really wish I had sooner. Baby's mama and a mama, that's a different gen They hit the gym, trap music fills them within I'm wrong for dropping gems, cause it's a different message I see no at 20 finally getting message That a life has been drawn out, but see her dad has sketched it Moms will teach you how to use a magnum, not the weapon mm, This just a skeleton of drafts I don't write for real, this just a verse in a bag at least used to be shows Until I figured out how answers were on the news Conspiracies were cool Until they were dropping clues Until you skip routine, peep the mirror Now it's you Why you brush your teeth, fluoride, what you consume Got, got, got men addicted, see a chick drop his skin We slaves to women, then trip When she wanna be independent To get a sex, you clean the kitchen Respect is missing, her feelings distant That's not an act of kindness That's an act of blindness, they think Touched the and felt Midas, I enlightened I take my index along with middle Close your eyelids, it's simple, priceless Listen, my people saying kings and queens Way too much validation But lack to spread the education And if silence is violence My tongue is salivating Black stories on Hulu Black sections in Target You think this a recognition? Modern segregation Corporations keep your subconscious bias From King Shabazz to Zulu Shaka Who opened up chakras That's got my face red like vision I don't got the darkest pigment But I use logic if and when I say the word It ain't the cops killing us It's us Sing along thy songs To whom the guns we bust From the food to the media and your idols LeBron and Cole will go and sponsor the shit Your idols tell you why, but not solution of escape Rap about their new chains as they upload their state To the matrix, what an overstatement Crypto got me rich beyond statements Basement placements, make Hollywood blueprints look basic You want a sheep, I creep, cut comfort off, make blankets And sell it back to you, we know you wait I look up at the stars and I wonder what they are It's probably a lie like the rest I've been took the red pill, but looking at the blue pill, fake steak tastes the best. But I'm looking for those pockets, those pockets, the ones that think like me, think like me. But I'm looking for. 
trapped in cages on the border of accepting disorder. We stepping over quarters to pick up pennies. These booty warriors running the rap game, selling their deals for our cheeks, sucking your souls empty. Literally, Diddy. White people with BLM stickers on the back of their cars, paying penance for sins, and they don't know what they are. Cause they don't exist if you have love in your heart, but they don't want you to hear it. They just want to control your minds with mockingbirds and paper clips. I'll be a martyr. I'll go harder than the Clintons in a pizza parlor. Ugh. I come out swinging like a urinal with no dividers. You come back with verses, and I know that you weren't the writer. These puppets don't just exist in governments, but more so in entertainment. Cause they can show you exactly what they're doing, and you won't believe it. And everyone's got myopia, and they can't see past what they sell as utopia. If you disagree with something, then it's something, something phobia. Singers dropping out on TV for your kids like Sokovia My own soul's in conflict with itself Cause I was raised on the square and compass Power and wealth I looked at the dark arts as it was a way to achieve what I wanted between us But I realized it was like Lucy holding the football Leave you with peanuts I used to want them to call me a genius But now I'd rather connect with people than exploiting their weakness Cause I'm tired of talking to demons For real I look up at the stars and I wonder what they are It's probably a lie like the rest I've been took the red pill But looking at the blue pill Fake steak tastes the best But I'm looking for those pockets Those pockets The ones that think like me Think like me But I'm looking for those pockets I'm telling you, man, like that song and that song is just one of many you guys have put out so far that just really hit hard. Right. They hit the topics. They hit the culture that we're living in. And it just I I just think that it's what people will need to hear. And you do it in an artistic way. And that's what the arts were for. The arts were for to relay a message of what's going on in the world and things like that. And and they're taking that away and they have corporatized the arts to relay a message from, you know, the ruling elites. And it's just, dude, it's really refreshing to hear that music. And I'm sitting here where our mics are off and I'm just like, I can't believe he just said that. (laughs) Oh, man, what a good song. And there's many more to come, I'm sure. Uh, Listen, where can people follow you guys? Where can people get your music? Um, So right now, if you go to IG, it's one of our main sources of putting out information. We do a lot of funny memes there, too, and just normal topics that we like people to you know talk about. We put a lot of music there, too. If you go to uh, at 
van underscore Tesla underscore. You can catch us there. You can go to at Quan Duke, which would be Quan site. And you can go to at Johnny underscore idol underscore, which is mine. Uh, we talked about this before. It's my alter ego. I do a, a weird like rock thing whenever I go into that mode. So it's fun. Um, but That's I have awesome. that as my, uh, mine as well. Um, you can catch us on all major platforms right now. So if you go to Spotify, Apple, Title, any of them that you're looking for, you can find us there. Just go to uh, Joel Thomas, which is mine, or Quan Dukes. You should be able to find us pretty quick once you put that in, and you'll know it's us because we're connected. So you'll go in there and you'll see the Van Tesla stuff pop up on both of our pages. That's awesome. Yeah. So people, go ahead and check it out. Uh, get that music because I'm telling you, uh, you guys, you know, you guys should come out with some kind of like marketing thing where it was like, it's like, people who i don't know they do they do something as a fan and they get like a sticker that says i was here before the first million followers because right. <laughs> like it's gonna get to that point and so uh to create that cult following because i'm telling you like the message you guys have the quality of music and and you guys don't hold back and i freaking love it and and, and what's interesting not interesting but it's it's really cool is that you guys you know, you're a white guy and Quan's a black guy. Right. And like, so you have that different perspective coming together in music where you both are upset about the world and culture we live in, but you also grew up in different cultures as Absolutely. well. And so you get hit with everything. Like, I mean, when you were talking about the uh, bumper stickers in that song and stuff, <laughs> I mean, that was you speaking. And, right. and you come from that culture and, and you see what's happening around and stuff. And Quan comes from that other culture with the, the BLM and what's been going on with that. And Absolutely. you guys just, you have your thoughts and opinions and you don't really care about who agrees with you you're just saying what you see happening in the world and how it's really affecting humanity it is really cool and i think that's important for us to get that message out and you know just convey to people that hey you know what there's somebody that's talented and has a voice for you because i feel like all the talented artists has just been eaten up by the machine and they're just yeah. picked apart before they could even get to a place to be able to do something like this yeah i mean if you the, if you pick up the talent young enough and right. early enough and you sink your teeth into them they'll never leave you right you know and so uh and if they do you just call them crazy and you say they 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 need help mentally like kanye you know, which Absolutely. maybe he does. I don't know. I mean, some right. of the things he goes off on, I'm just like, wow, Kanye. Right. Really? <laughs> right. He's a smart guy, though. And I think that's yeah. uh, at the end of the day, uh, you know, you I, don't make I, billions being dumb. You don't. <laughs> um, he's a very talented guy. I, I think he definitely uh, has gone down a dark path, though. And I think that oh, for he, sure, you know, I don't know how much of it he's trying to get out away from it. I feel like he's trying to in a lot of ways you can tell. But I think I mean, you get so deep into that system. And we're going to go into more of that when I start talking about the paranormal and deeper yeah. into uh, me being a uh, Freemason yeah. and all that. Wait, How so that you're Freemason? <laughs> I have a freaking Freemason in my studio. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'll really talk about how, how dare I, you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk about how I broke away from that and what was important for me to do that too. It's it, it, it all was centered around music. Everything I've done, anything that I've seen, even uh, UFO experiences and stuff that we'll get into, um, it's all deep rooted in the uh, hip hop system. And I don't think a lot of people understand uh, about hip hop music itself. It's very, um, it is the world's music now. It is pop music yes. and hip hop has become the culture of music. And we're mm -hmm. not talking about black, white. We're talking globally. You go to Germany, you got white. You got yes. white German uh, rap artists. You go to anywhere in Asia, you've got Chinese, Japanese rap artists. You've got this and it's become something bigger than that. And 
you got to control something like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it's become very demonic in its undertones and very uh, controllable from the top as far as getting information out that they want to feed people, feed your kids, and how they want to control us. So what you're saying is something that I've been trying to relay for years, and I know people say it, that I'm crazy. Like Not everybody, certainly a lot of the audience, I'm sure, agrees with me, but this idea is something I've said for years, and people who aren't in the know and don't dig what we do, they're, they're not they're not feeling it. But I say at the highest levels, the paranormal and the quote unquote conspiracy, they intertwine. Absolutely. They, they intertwine. It's all together. And when you talk about anything like uh, ghosts and demons and everything, it all kind of intertwines together. Yeah. Because so, those, those people, they... They believe it, whether you believe it or not. <laughs> and I tell people this all the time. And, you know, it, I got in an argument with somebody recently about adrenochromes. And I told them, I said, hey, it doesn't matter what you believe. It's what they right. believe. And at the end of the day, even if it doesn't do what they say it does for them, they believe that it does. Yeah. And but it's intertwined throughout music, throughout any celebrity that you see throughout Hollywood culture, it's all there for you to see if you really open your eyes and yeah. take a look at it. But a lot of people don't want to do that because, man, that's that's a tough road to go down. I can tell you, I'm on a tough road right now. It's tough going down that road. It's not easy. No, and, and I get it. But do you want to continue, you know, running around like a sheep with fur on your back all the time? Or do you want to stand up and realize you're a goat on that mountain and you're going to be on that mountain with other goats that are going to look back and say, you know what? If you want to come over here, you can be like us. But if not, we're going to band together and and go against this system of shepherds that aren't really trying to shepherding us in the right way. Yeah, I dig it, man. So uh, let's start the process of this life you have lived and the history of your family and all of it. And just to let people know, we're going to be going in deep on uh, these recordings today. Uh, we already did in the first uh, recording with uh, for Rage Against Dystopia, right. which will be premiering uh, today. As you guys hear this, it'll be premiering at 8 p.m. Eastern time uh, on Fringe.fm. That's my radio show, Rage Against Dystopia. So go ahead and check that out if you're interested. And uh, we're going to, in this first segment, we're going to do uh, an overtime segment as well. We're going to get into more of your paranormal experiences. Your, and we're going to lay the groundwork with your dad. Right. Uh, it, I, I agree with you. It sounds like your dad's history uh, might have had a lot to do with where your life is It at is least gone. piqued my curiosity sure. in the wrong way. For sure. It, I think it would in a lot of people. Right. So, um, But then in the overtime segment, we're going to get into more of your like real demonic experiences you've had and uh, a lot of Freemason talk. And uh, right. we got an insider here today, guys. We got an insider. <laughs> He's going to tell us all about it. The checkered floors and everything. So <laughs> I'm just... They exist. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, let's get into it. Your dad. Uh, I don't want to I don't want to spoil anything. So just tell us about your dad and uh, take it away, man. Yeah. So uh, my dad is... Uh, He's a preacher now. He's a pastor. He has been my whole life. So we actually went to seminary and he met my mom in seminary and they got married and they ended up having me and then my sister. So, um, you know, growing up, my dad would share his uh, his testimony at different churching events. He'd normally do it if we came to a new church and he started preaching. That would be one of the first things that he did, uh, especially when he was an evangelist. That would be one of his first sermon, uh, sermons because he had just amazing, crazy story about how he even got to this point that he was at. Started out uh, college basketball player, 
got really deep into drugs, the drug scene. He actually was part of a smuggling unit that smuggled like 98% cocaine out of Bogota, Colombia really? and biplanes. I don't know if he was necessarily on the biplanes, but he's a part of that kind of culture okay. that was dealing with a lot of that. He dealt with a lot of people that were pretty, you know, as high up as far as who he dealt with. He was a drug user himself. He sold, but it was more of a situation of, you know, they were the higher ups. He was just kind of protected because of them. It's just kind of how he was. He yeah. was a partier though. That's what he, he grew up in the late sixties early 70s during that party era of you know disco all that stuff so like for him that was kind of his lifestyle and a part of that lifestyle he met a girl one night they were partying at some point the next day she was leaving and she looked at him and said you know what charles you need to meet god and so of course he cursed her out and told her i need to meet god you need to meet god like what are you talking about we just did like <laughs> 10 eight balls, you know, I'm over exaggerating, but probably a lot, you know? So she said, no, you need to meet God the right way. She's like, here's a number. I want you to call me when you're ready. And that's all she said to him and left. So he said it was really weighing on his mind for a whole week. He just said, "I, I think I need to make this call, but I don't know. Like, so finally he picked up the phone and made the call. And this is back way before we're talking before cell phones and you had caller ID and all that. So none of that existed in this time. He makes the call. There's a man that picks up the phone on the other end. He says, hello, Charles. I've been expecting your call. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> so he immediately was kind of freaked out yeah. from that because he hadn't said a word yet. And he said, yeah, he's like, so uh, you need to come by. He gave him the address. So you and I were talking about your experience earlier today, yeah. and it made me think of this because my dad told the story. So he said he came to the door. As he's walking to the door, the door opens. <sighs> what is it with Satanists and having doors open by themselves? <laughs> I think it also plays into that whole vampire thing. You know, if you ever yeah. hear about vampires, it's the allowing of the uh, letting you in thing. Mm. It's, it's, it's all tied together. It's all lore, and it's all tied together with everything else. So he walks in. There's a guy standing there. He had a long, flowing white beard, red eyes. Really? And he said, hello, Charles. He said, come inside. So he brings him in. He walks in. He doesn't see the the girl that he was with that time. That's actually his wife. So he leaves the room. He said, hey, why don't you just sit down here and we'll be back in a little bit. Okay. So he sits down in the room and he starts looking around. There's all these beautiful like murals like on the wall, like paintings of like nature and different things like that. So he gets up and starts looking at them. And like at the bottom of them, it's like, oh, we praise the OBLs above most high prince of darkness. We love you. I'm just paraphrasing, but like sure. all of them had stuff underneath it. So he thinks like this is really weird because you got to think in way he grew up wasn't really in a religious culture like that. You know, his family wasn't really religious like that, you know, per se. And for him, you know, he wasn't he's like, that's kind of you know weird. They come back in. And from that moment on, he went on a track for several months to become a legitimate Satanist. They were teaching him the ways um, of Lucifer. He said he's seen some wild stuff. He said he's seen uh, vases get up off of tables and levitate across the room. They would move stuff with their with their hands and minds. They had a three year old son that they were training to be the prince of Satan. They could put him in a chair at three years old and he would not move or blink for three to four hours at a time. What? Insane. He's seen this. Wow. So during that process, they would talk to him 
And other voices would come out of their mouths and tell him things that only he knew about himself from when he was younger. They would have these conversations, these demonic inter- interactions that he would have with these entities. So for him, it looked like power. I mean, you're seeing like, man, these people are moving objects with their minds. I mean, it's like full on, you know, Jedi or Sith in here moving yeah. stuff around this whole thing. I mean, it's the allure of power, right? I mean, that's kind of what that is. So for him, it was he got really, you know, zoned into the power aspect. And he said, listen, we're going to go to Texas where the Church of Satan is the big one there in Texas at the time, you know, down there. So he's, so they were like, listen, sell everything you own. Give us the money. We're going to get all our money together. Pack your bags. We're going to go and leave and, and go. So he's like, okay, you know, that sounds, you know, good. He's, he's all about it. So he gets all his stuff together. He goes to their house. He, you know, gives the money and everything. And he, and they're like, hey, we need you to go get something. So he's like, okay. So he went to go pick some stuff up. Comes back. Nobody's at the house. Just his two bags are sitting on the front porch. And he walks up and there's a note and said, we're sorry, Charles. We owe everything to our God. Took all of his money and left. Rolled out on him. I mean, they're Satanist, right? Wow. So at that point of his life, he was inside of their house. There was nothing left in that house but a little TV in the house. So he said he had $100 in his pocket. He was going to buy $100 worth of barbiturates and kill himself. He was like, I'm done. Like, I was trying to go down this path. He's like, they even scammed me. He's like, I didn't even know what to do. He ended up turning on the TV just flippantly, like as he's uh, walking out of the house. And there's a voice that tells him. Uh, does anyone out there need help? And so he literally like turns around and it's a preacher and the rest of his history changed his life. Really crazy. So he, he turns on the TV yeah. as he's walking out of the house. Crazy. That's random. Yeah. And then he, the preacher just, the first thing he hears is, is does anybody out there need help? Exactly. And he turns around and listens to the rest of what he says and then ends up like just wow. the path that he's on now. Wow. Yeah. Changed wow. his life permanently. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Unreal. Listen, I can see it in your face that it gets you emotional when you talk about it. I think it's really cool, man. Um, that is, listen, when, when you are telling that story, the house I'm picturing is the house I went to. It's probably about the same type of thing. It really it's, like it's so wild though when he tells the story about it because I mean they definitely had power. Like yeah. there's definitely that that exists, yeah. you know. And we'll get into more of my experiences with that stuff too, but it exists. Like you seek it out, you'll get some level of it. Now, I will say this though, that in that realm there's always a game too. <laughs> Clearly. There's always something that it doesn't necessarily add up the way you want it to. Now it may in some ways, some people may get millions of dollars out of it, may become, you know, famous. But at the end of the day, you know, there's always a game behind the whole thing. Yeah. You know, it's always about control. It's about suppression. It's yep. about suppressing your mind. Yeah. So Wow, man. That's a very dramatic uh story that your dad has for himself. And uh, 
I'm assuming he has no regrets from that point on. He considers it no. a blessing being robbed and everything. <laughs> I tell you really crazy though, if people can catch it, he did a this was before podcast. It was a radio show called Unshackled, like way back in like the nineties, I think. You can find it online. I actually found it. He's actually got it there where he talks about his whole like story. Really? Yeah. His name's Charlie Orr. So if you just dig around and Charlie find it. Orr. Yeah, maybe you can find it. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. He wow. does it a lot at a lot of his uh sermons and, and if he does any traveling, he'll share that story with people because it's pretty unique. Yeah, I'll tell you straight up, if your dad would be interested, I'd be interested in having him on the show to tell the story. He might for sure. So uh I I that those kind of stories, yeah, they get me rolling, man. Like because <laughs> it, it just it really cause I I identify with it. I went through a situation similar, only I wasn't trying to to join. I was I was right. They they were trying to he was trying to do something to me. It was <laughs> Listen, I mean, here, the bo- the bo- <laughs> I mean, the bottom line is uh, I've talked to a lot of people about my experience. And the last time I talked about it was on Fringe FM with uh, Joe Roop. And Joe Roop and I, we don't agree on a lot of things when it comes right. to spirituality and stuff. You know, me being, you know, a Christian and him being somebody, who, I don't even know what he is, but he it's like more mystical. Right. I know he sells magic boxes and things like that. Right, when right. I told him that story his reaction and stuff it was just like whoa and and so like like hearing these stories i guess i relate to him a lot because i kind of went through a similar thing only joe said that and the people that were calling into his show said that they they believe he was trying to release something on me like a demonic entity well here's the thing too even if you're talking about the mystical arts and i can go into that too because i dealt with a lot of people that are involved in that field Mm. so like for me it's um, it's understanding that there's good and evil. If you talk to anyone in any facet of whether it's Christianity or if we go into mysticism or, you know, Islam or whatever, there's always good and evil. So at the end of the day, no matter what you think, there is good and evil. Yeah. Like we can sit here and say that it doesn't exist, but man, there's a whole lot going on in the world right now that if you don't think there's evil, then you're just really putting the blinders on. And if you do think there's evil and think that there can't be good, what does evil fight against, right? There has to be two sides. It doesn't exist that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's the funny thing is that a lot of times people find themselves leaning towards believing in one side, but not the other. It's kind of impossible though. Yeah. But I, I think, I think there's a fear factor. I think there's a fear factor for people that it's almost like one of those things where if you don't acknowledge it, it doesn't exist. And so um, whether it's, you know, the, the, the say a Christian, not wanting to believe that there are people out there that are Satanists or there are like, I've talked to Christians who don't believe that are demons. I'm just like, read much, you know, like, right. You know, and, uh, and then there's the other side of things where people who are, you know, say they're more, um, I don't want to go down the, the satan the satanic role road as much as um, the spiritual road and summoning entities, but yet they don't want to believe that there is a higher God that rules over right the like 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 they don't want to believe in Jehovah right you know and that's the tough thing too and and, and you know I I I think that that's something that everybody's got to find their own journey about how they figure stuff things right. out um I think the basis is I think you need to know that there's good and evil I think at that point you can start figuring out how you want to operate with that um I'm a not a big proponent on religion itself. I think I'm more of a proponent on, you know, or your relationship. So 100%. Like, I, I think like that is at the core of like what you need to go with. And then you can figure out the rest for yourself. I mean, 
listen, some of the most flawed individuals in history have done some great things. So, you know, we're we're fallible human beings. It's what we are. We're we're meat sacks. So at the end of the day, that's what we are. Indeed. So, you know, I I feel like that that's where people need to come with it. But I also don't push anything on anybody either. I'm still figuring things out for myself because as we go throughout this conversation, you know, what I've seen and, and, and things that I've been a part of, you know, it's, it's tough. Like when you've like seen the full 360 spectrum or been a part of the full 360 spectrum and just been like, you know, you kind of go for a loop a little bit and you're just Mm -hmm. trying to get your bearings. And I think with what I'm doing with music now, and I think with, you know, what I'm trying to build, like for my family and everything, I think it's bringing that into like a perfect sphere for me. Yeah. All right, let's take a break right now and talk about this week's sponsor, which is StoryWorth. Now, friends, listen, if you have a mom in your life you want to make feel special for Mother's Day, this is a great option for you. And it's a great option for me, too, because you see, my mom had a really bad, I'd say, last year and even into this year. Uh, just a month ago, she had COVID. And actually, the COVID, of all the people in my life, she was the one I didn't want getting it of anybody because she already has a lot of pre-existing conditions that really kind of hamper her down health-wise. But she got COVID. And thank God, all it was is just a bunch of sniffles. She said it felt like a cold, wasn't a big deal. And then after that 14-day period, she's looking to get back to work. And all of a sudden, she comes down with pneumonia. And that's what really kicked her butt. She had to drive herself to the hospital, check her in for a few days. And thankfully, she got through it just fine, which I'm really grateful for. But it was really scary for us. And my mom, she had a pretty tough year. And I want to make her feel special. And that's why we're doing StoryWorth for Mother's Day this year. Now, StoryWorth is an online service that helps your mom, grandmother, mother-in-law, and every other mother figure in your life share stories through thought-provoking questions about their memories and personal thoughts. It's a fun way to engage them, especially if you can't be there in person. Now, StoryWorth emails your mom or anybody a different story prompt question you never thought to ask, like, what is some of the best advice your mother gave you? That's a question that I never thought to ask my mom, but I thought it'd be a good question to ask her. So these are the kind of questions that StoryWorth will send your mother or a loved one to help them think through the process. And you actually get to read their life story at the end of it. They answer all these questions and it's just a really great way for you to get to know the person that you love in your life that maybe you just never really thought to ask certain questions and they get to document it. It's really a great option for people and it makes the family feel closer together. It makes the loved ones feel closer together and that's what I'm all about. I'm about loving my family and taking care of everybody. Now, after one year, StoryWorth will compile all your mom's stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book that's shipped for free. Now, listen, friends, give your mom the most meaningful gift this Mother's Day with StoryWorth. Get started right now with no shipping required by going to StoryWorth.com slash confessionals. You'll get $10 off your first purchase. That's StoryWorth.com slash confessionals for your $10 off. And make your family, your loved ones, your mother for this Mother's Day feel loved and appreciated. Listen, let's talk about... Well, listen, I'm not sure if you want to talk about your UFO sighting next or if you wanted to go into you know the paranormal situations with your your son's mom and stuff. How would you like to do this? I mean, because I wrote down... UFO encounter for next. Let's go into the other first. Um, okay. If if because I will say that the UFO stuff kind of came in like a very uh, interesting time in my life when I was seeking out um, 
knowledge and power okay. and a lot of those things. And I think some of that had to do with that, obviously. But um, this is this actually came. This was the precursor to build into that. So okay. I think that's kind of important. Let's do it, man. It. Go for it. Yeah. So uh, I met my son's mom. I actually knew her in high school. She was younger than me, but like we had met after high school. Like I had graduated, had been out of school for a while. She had graduated. So we ended up running into each other, connecting, and we started dating. And uh, as we were hanging out, she told me some more things about her in the past when she was in 15, 16 years old. She got really deep into Wicca and understanding a lot of that stuff. Now, in saying that, I've known some people that are into Wicca that aren't necessarily in it for evil. So I, I, I can see that side of it, but she was totally in it for black magic. Like she was in it for that. See, pause there for a second, because I've talked to a lot of Wiccans myself mm -hmm. and I, I can't remember a time that I've heard a, a Wiccan say that they are pursuing black magic because like I, I I've talked to Wiccans and they're like, it's not like that. It, it's, it's more like pure and, and which yeah. you have that side of it too. Yeah. I just like, like I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's not there as far as black magic goes. I just, it's, it catches me off guard that a Wiccan would say that because I've never heard a Wiccan go down that road. Now, granted my, my scope is literally the people that contact me through the show. I don't go seeking out Wiccans, mm -hmm. but um, I've talked to several Wiccans and they, they, we're adamant that it's not the dark black magic. I think the ones that are going to be willing to talk to you aren't involved with that stuff. And that's why they're going to be Makes able to sense. talk to you. Makes I don't sense. think anyone that's involved in that level is going to be, you know, talking to you. It's not like you're going to walk up and be like, Hey, you know what? I'm a mother of darkness. Like they're not going to come tell you mm. that. So <laughs> you had to drop the mothers of darkness. All right. Let's let's, but they're not ready for it yet. Yeah. We're working on that True. one. So. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah. So go ahead. So anyway, uh, so she told me this, but this was after the fact that she was done doing that. She had stepped away from it. You know, she was, you know, knew that it wasn't good, but there's a lot of repercussions that come along with that. So at the time, she was doing a lot of curses on people. Some bad things happened to people. Her and another friend that was super involved with that they actually did a lot of these things to people. She didn't go into super detail what happened to some of these people, but it wasn't good. I know something real bad happened with one person. I don't know to the extent, but I, I do know from her, she was something she never wanted to talk about. And it was very, you know, uh, touchy subject. I didn't really push it cause I don't want to push somebody on that kind of stuff. Sure. But the residuals of that were a lot of entities that would follow us places that I wouldn't necessarily see, but I would feel she would see them. Um, there was a little girl that used to follow us around everywhere and, uh, we would be, might be at a drive through and she say, she would say there, he, she's behind us and she would be staring at it, looking at us. You know, I wouldn't see it, but she would. Um, I know several times, uh, we'd be in the bed. They, it would be looking at us from the end of the bed, um, which is pretty crazy. Um, one yeah. night particularly, which was really wild that was going on i felt really weird like it felt bad in that room and i'd never felt that bad before and this is like i said way before i started going on my journey of like all the other stuff so i wasn't even tapping into this stuff at the time so i just felt like i don't know evil was in the room and if i can say it any other way um so i turned the light on and when i did a hair barrette shot up off the floor and hit the ceiling not only that, before that happened, I missed the key part 
another voice comes out of her mouth and tells me something that only my mom told me when I was a kid, which was crazy. And I say that because of what happened to my dad before, which tied that together, which made me really freak out at the time because... Uh, my mom used to call me a manipulator when I was a kid. She's like, oh, you're just a little manipulator or whatever. And the entity told me in a man's voice that came out of her. Of your girlfriend? Yes. A deep voice said, and I, maybe I can try to do it, but you're just a manipulator like that. It was just the most demonic thing I ever heard. It was not her voice. She doesn't even remember doing it because when I popped up, the hair barrette shot hit the top of the ceiling. I turned the light on I'm like, what did you just say to me? And she almost like she shook it out of it. And she's like, what do you what, what do you mean? She's like, I don't know what I did. <laughs> you what did came out of your mouth? Like, I've never told you anything like that. Like it was it was verbatim the way my mom told me when I was like five or six. Really, really weird uh, situation for me. So I, you know, definitely that was part of a lot of things that were creepy. And I do bring that in because of things that happened later on that also tied into things with her, even though we weren't together anymore. It kind of started that road of, you know, back then I was not interested in any of that stuff. It really freaked me out. I was in my early 20s. I'm like, man, I don't want anything to do with this stuff. Like I already knew from my dad, like, you know, whatever. But I think because of hip hop and like how bad that I wanted it, it like you get to a point, you get desperate. Like you were willing to sell your soul in a sense. I mean, like, cause I mean, we, get, we hear, we I hear, wanted to. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so like, like we hear, we hear artists that say, you know, I sold my soul, you know, like Katy Perry said it. Uh, They're uh, not joking what, when they say what's, that. What's the guy that just died not too long ago? Juice, uh, uh, juice world, juice world. Like, like he, he did stuff like that. Like, so were you on that kind of level? Like if you, if you had the opportunity to do something like that, would you have done it? I went on a, trying to think five to six year track on that road like so so you're saying at one point in your life there was a point in your life whether it was a day or six years that if you were proposed that you could sell your soul for all the riches in this world and and have all fame and glory in the hip-hop industry like eminem you would have been like i'm in yeah okay Awesome. I mean, awesome in the sense that you're willing to admit that and talk about it. I, 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 it's interesting for me because you hear about these artists that do this kind of stuff, right? but I can't fathom ever getting to the point of wanting something so bad to be willing to do that. And I'm actually, I'm actually really I'm going to say this, but I, I, I know it's probably not going to sound, it's not going to translate well for the audience, I'm sure. I'm really glad that you did and you're willing to talk about it. Yeah. Because yeah. not that I'm glad you were in that spot in your life one time where you're willing to do something like that, but the fact that you did get to that point, you didn't do it and you came out of it and you're willing to talk about it. Because I don't, I, when you reach that kind of level. I tried. Don't get me wrong. I definitely tried. Oh, I, I know. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying, though. Like, when you reach that kind of level. I think there was stuff around me, though, like, with my parents and, and things going on. Uh, what's a good word for it? Um, the spiritual realm. That was a battle. Yeah. I, I, I mean, from your dad's past. Yeah. I think it it marks 
things in life for the future generation. I wonder what happens to my children in the future just right. from things that I've done in my life. Right. You know, like I've never dabbled in witchcraft or things like that. But I mean, I, I was a very violent individual. Right. And uh, I wonder if that's something that my children could get passed on with. And it's like the spirit of violence and stuff. And, you know, my son, I see him being very aggressive and I kind of over parent then where I'm just like, I come in hard on him because I don't want him going down that road. And people are like, you need to chill and relax. He's just three years old. I'm like, yeah, but, you know, so uh, I think about that kind of stuff a lot, man. I think for me, you know, I've always been really open minded with my kids. And I I think that, um, I try to let them explore their own space. They're older now. Sure. I think that was something that was, uh, not that it was like, you know, my parents fault, but I felt like that I wasn't allowed to explore a space where I could figure things out for myself in a way. Yeah. So I think that kind of put me on that path. No, I, and I, I can understand that because and, I, and it's not even my, if my dad ever hears this, I don't think he'd disagree with me growing up. When he decided to start taking church and God serious when right. I was in high school, like it wasn't an option to explore my faith or grow into my faith. Right. It was this is what we do. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? And so like I had to, you know, I, I I was like put in this environment to of this Christian environment, which I don't think is a bad thing. Right. But um I, I didn't really ever explore. Maybe, maybe it was that. I, ne- I never took the personal time to explore my faith and stuff, but it did lead to me posing as a Christian into my mid twenties right. until I hit rock bottom, yeah. not even mid twenties, early twenties. Cause I hit rock bottom in my mid twenties mm-hmm. and uh, I, I almost lost my marriage. I, I, I almost threw my entire life away. I was re- literally willing to ready to just pack it up and move to no name town somewhere off and maybe even another country and just restart and mm-hmm. exist somewhere else. Yeah. Um, Thankfully, that didn't happen. Right. My marriage was saved and all that stuff. But I can definitely see how, you know, the the environment growing up can portray or relay into uh, a rebellion spirit, a rebellious nature where it's like, let me just do my own thing and figure it out, you know? Super for me, though, because I started getting involved with hip hop and my parents just weren't having it at the time. At sure. All. And my uh, dad's still not having it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, they essentially you know gave me an ultimatum like either give it up or get out of the house and i chose to get out of the house okay and that kind of put me on that path sure very rebellious um you know like i said not blaming them for anything at all especially knowing like my dad's past you know why wouldn't he have been very protective right which i get because you know i i remember being be 13 and i remember going into his uh office um at church and he had like books for days and there was like a section of books he would never let me like get into and read really like it was like masonic stuff and different things like he studied you know because he he kept up on things but he told me like i wasn't ready for that whatever did your dad ever join the masons no not at all it was just my dad likes to be very knowledgeable about the occult and the things that go on with that realm because he knows how to combat it yeah you know i but it intrigued me though. I'll be honest oh, with sure. you big time. Cause what's, I mean, what's not intriguing about something that's secret. It's yeah. a secret society. I yeah. mean, it's what it is. You know, it's the world's oldest fraternity essentially. Except yeah. for the ones that they don't talk about, but yeah. the ones yeah. you don't know about. Right. <laughs> right. You know, um, but yeah, like that was, you know, for me that, 
that's why um, I kind of went down that path. Um, you know, I had the experiences early, you know, you know, with that, with my son's mom. And then I started really, as I got deeper into hip hop, the allure came with that whole Illuminati era that popped up. It was like yeah. Jay-Z's and all these artists were pumping imagery out, but people were catching on to some of the stuff. It wasn't so much, it was you know, hiding in plain sight so much it was people were seeing it. Yeah. And I think there was an alert with that too. I think that was part of a psyop as well. I think they wanted to do that to get people desensitized to it, one, and two, to make people want to be a part of that. Heck or at yeah. least like see it is a cool thing. Yeah. Do you have no idea how many triangles I threw up in my younger years Absolutely. just because I saw Jay Z doing it. Yeah, without I even knowing what it was. Wear rock aware, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. the, all the stupid big clothing and all the symbolics. Like I would wear it to church because I didn't know what it meant. It was just Jay Z stuff and it was cool. It was. You yeah. know? I mean and, and you know now you got little Nas doing it to the next generation. Absolutely. And you got, you know, with Jay Z you know, his whole trajectory, if you do the history and go back there's pictures of him with Freemasons. I mean, it's yeah. just before he was made it. So like he's been involved for a long time, way before, yes. you know, one of my favorite songs, which is also probably uh, one of his just absolute putting it out there songs off his first album, Reasonable Doubt, was The Evils, which is just. Evils, I don't even remember that one. Nobody talks about it, man. Unless you get the album, you don't hear it. Now you can catch it on YouTube. You can type it on YouTube, but uh, he samples Prodigy. And Snoop Dogg on the hook, and it's like, dear God, I wonder, can you save me, Illuminati? Uh, hold my mind, soul, and my body. So, like, yeah. he actually, that's the hook. But that was way before all this whole era came. He was telling you back then. Like, yeah. he was involved way back then. I mean, Jay-Z's not, like, a billionaire for no reason. Like, yeah. this guy is involved in things that are just far beyond our scope of knowledge really. Mm -hmm. And the guy is, is a genius and very many different aspects of life. It's not just like music guys, a superb businessman. He knows what he's doing, yeah. but he's also connected with the right people. And that's, that was alluring to me. Like he's seeing guys like that, that are just on top, untouchable, essentially, you know, they've got this power behind them, you know, and then you start, you know, looking at it from like the aspect of like, you know, what's the other side giving me like yeah. nothing like, you know, essentially. And then I was in a weird space anyway, where I had stopped really just believing anything. And I was just kind of on my own and nothing was working out and like working dead end jobs and just nothing was happening. And then this started happening. Like I started seeing it and it just became really alluring and exciting for me and then i just started tapping in I, I had a buddy of mine that uh was my hype man and he and i both got really involved like deep with a lot of stuff started getting to a lot of alistair crowley books um uh book of lies book of the law like started reading a lot of that stuff um started tapping into um just that whole spectrum and you know wanting that lifestyle mm. interesting you know uh you mentioned about how like the other side wasn't offering anything. And I think that's very telling because, you know, I, I really, I mean, people who really don't know, they would say, what's the other side offering me? They're offering me sweet Jesus cupcakes. Like, I don't want that stuff. Right. You know what I mean? I, I want the steak. I want the meat. I want the potatoes. I want the hard stuff, you right. know? And you're just offering me sweet cupcakes. Like, right. I don't want cupcakes, you know? And uh, the reality is it's just a misconception. Right. Um, as far as I'm concerned. But, uh, very interesting stuff. And you, so, so this, 
this angle you took was all motivated, I'm assuming, towards trying to make it in music and be be successful. Well, well yeah. Uh, it, or was it, that just like an underlying... It, it, that was the main driving point, but it was also for, you know... I always, and we talk about, you know, Van Gogh and, and, and being underappreciated and, you know, it, it was kind of my thing is like, I want this so I can stick it to everyone yeah <laughs> like that didn't like believe in me. Yeah. And I think that that was the real underlying tone there. Yeah. I think that was more than just the fame for me. It was to be there in that place so I could squash those people. Cause you see those people in that, in those power positions. I mean, they can have people off <laughs> like that mm. it's like nothing you know that was intriguing to me you know i i listened to the lyrics i mean you know just the way they piece things together and you know the stuff they talked about and kanye was a huge part of that movement at the time too um rihanna all of them were like huge part yeah. of beyonce like especially when it first started happening i'm not that it hadn't been happening for years but i think it just kind of like exploded online because you know at that time youtube was really getting big like and mm -hmm. i think that's when the video started hitting and everybody started talking about it and for me i didn't look at it as like a scary thing i was like that's what i want yeah yeah i get it i get it i i understand the allure uh how old were you when you decided to kind of take this route or i mean were you like a late teens early 20s 26 27 okay so that range you, you were well out of mom and dad's house at that point well out, they had already yeah. kicked you out and said you're, you're absolutely yeah you're you're off to you you're there we're handing you over to satan so. <laughs> i was self-sustainable at the time like as far as taking care of myself and you know my kids yeah. and stuff like that and i i think for me it was very you know like i said it was luring like the whole thing like Masonic Order, Illuminati, wherever you want to call it. There's so many different names, but, you know, you go down that road and, and I wanted it like real bad. And I sought it out, you know, and I met a lot of crazy stuff along the way. That's, yeah, yeah you know, I look back on now. I'm like, man, like, how did I get out of it? <laughs> well, I, I know we're going to get into a lot of that crazy stuff in the overtime. Right. Uh, but I wanted to uh, see where we want to transition here because I, I I definitely want the people to hear on this segment about your UFO encounter. Now, is that the next step in this process for you? We can go it there because that? it doesn't go as far as deep. It's it, I wouldn't say it was connected with the Freemasons, but it was definitely around that time I was seeking that out. And I think that I was very open to UFOs at the time. And I had always been anyway. I mean, psh, who didn't watch Ancient Aliens and all that stuff? So, you know, like for me, it was, you know, very... Yeah. Even that had a mysticism to it, you know, sure. when you're talking about parallel universes and all that, because, I mean, it's not kind of how it works, like demonic, demonic entities kind of move in the same way, right? So, like, a lot of people say that, that have had these experiences. So, I brought it into hip hop because I was hanging out with two, uh, one hip hop artist who at the time was, was doing, was doing pretty well for himself locally. And he had been traveling some, he actually had done, uh, a, uh, he was on Jimmy Kimmel at one point towards the back end of the yeah, show. At the time, they were doing yeah. pretty well. It was a band. Uh, he rapped, though. He was staying with me at the time and, of course, my roommate. And we were all hanging out. And we decided to – it was really nice outside. And we just kind of felt compelled to go outside. So we went outside. I think he was smoking a cigarette or something. That's why we stepped outside. It was a real clear night. And we looked up in the sky and we just saw these objects moving. 
but it wasn't like a plane where it was going in a straight line because we had a lot of planes there because where I lived at the time was Warner Robins, Georgia. There's a huge Air Force base there. So you see stuff like that all the time, planes, right? But there's also a lot of, they call them orchards out there, but they have fences up and it's blocked out. You can't get in them. It's mm. uh, government property. But they make okay. it like it's an orchard out there. But, you know, there's a lot of weird stuff that has been seen out in these places. That's not where I was at. But just to let you know that there's stuff been has been seen. You know, I, I feel like that happens around a lot of Air Force bases anyway, the bigger For ones. Sure. So we looked up in the sky and my buddy was like, man, what what is that? It's not moving like a plane. And we saw it kind of moving stopping and then moving in circular motions and then we saw another one and it was moving in circular motion and then it started rotating around and we saw another one it was like probably six or seven that were kind of moving around and as we looked in the center was this huge like it wasn't lit up but it had to be a ship or something it was, it was a triangular object in the middle and all of these little I don't know what they were, ships, were whatever. They connected to the t- No, they okay. were moving separate from it. Wow. And so it was sitting there and these things are moving around in all of these like weird positions. We watched this probably for about 30 to 45 minutes go- going down until it finally just subsided and then it all left. It was super wild because the the object in the middle never moved and it never lit up like the other objects but you could see it we were looking like, man that is something huge right there and when i say huge when i'm looking up at the sky it was massive like if it was to come down it had to have been like i don't know the size of a city or something i don't know it was huge it was massive mm-hmm. it was probably one of the wildest things i've seen um and like i said we sat out there for about 45 minutes just stunned i was like are we seeing this right now like who is nobody else is outside either We're like who's not seeing at this? what point in that in those in that situation do you start feeling like I kind of feel like I'm in the Will Smith movie Independence Day. I'm being invaded. I mean, did you ever feel like, what the heck? Because like when you're telling this story, dude. Right. uh, Actually, how are you feeling in that moment? I mean, were you You scared? No. You know what's so weird? I think because of the road I was on and what I was seeking out, like none of that stuff scared me. Like I invited it. Mm. I invited the danger back then. I wanted all of it. Like demonic entities, all that stuff. None of that scared me. Like it, I, I mean. Excited I you. it. Yeah, it did. Because to me, it was something that nobody else was a part of. Mm. They couldn't be part of this club. They they weren't, they weren't, you know, worthy enough to be in this like, you know, club of elites and whatever else. Yeah. Essentially, that's what it is. That's what it's a club. You know, every, it, it's it's validation from other people that are in this club and you are now you're not one of them. You're not a sheep. You're not one of these controllable things out here. You are the controller. Even if you're a puppet, you're still in a position that's above them. Yeah. You know? And I think for me, like none of that stuff scared me. I invited all of it. Like I was like, back then I was just like, if I knew there was a UFO out in the middle of nowhere and I knew for a fact, I would run straight at the ship back then. (laughs) Psychotic. Like it. (laughs) So uh, when you're telling this experience, you're talking about the, the the lights going around in a circle, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the these individual lights going around in a circle around the triangle craft, right? Mm-hmm. 
these lights that were going around in a circle, did you did you see them come into this craft? Like they came off from a distance and came? I couldn't or? tell because it looked like they were coming from behind it as well. So they would kind of go around it in a way to where you disappear, but then come up out of the top. Okay. So it was like you knew something massive was there because you would see them go around it. So it was something weird. Like, I don't know if they were ships or not, or were they were lights or whatever, yeah. but I know it was just. As all I can say is unidentified flying objects is what I saw. I don't know what they were. Could have been government craft for all we know. We don't know what it was. Sure. But I can tell you that it, like, it was probably one of the craziest things I've seen. And see something that massive. It wasn't like somebody has that, you know, their famous saucer that shows up or a ball of light or whatever. It's just like it looked like something that was just absolutely humongous. Huh. Cause like you're telling the story and I'm thinking to myself, what if those, what if those little lights were individual, like baby ships? Well, that's what we thought too. What if they were bringing abducted people to the mothership? Could have easily (laughs) been doing that. I know. That's what we were thinking too, but they were definitely moving around it. But then you would see them dart off and then the light would stop and you would see other lights appear. So we never could tell how many lights there were there. We just knew there was the massive object and then there was just like little objects all around it. But we were thinking like, if it's that massive, what we perceive it to be. Now, once again, like we're looking at depth procession, all that. I I don't know know how how far far away it was. It seemed like it was far, like real far away. Because I can tell you that because we're in an Air Force town. So anything low would have been lower than that as far as aircraft goes. You would see the aircraft coming in because they're always like flying in or out. So they're never high. They're never that high. So this was definitely way higher than what we would see coming in and out of the place. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. I mean, when you talk about darting off, that's when I think, man, what if they're going to get another kid? You, know? you never know. Like, and they're putting them in pods, <laughs> you know, and they're, they're going to put them in the, the secret space program for 20 years. And then they're going to go back in time and drop them off like it never happened. It's <laughs> freaky stuff, man. I know, man. That's freaky stuff. Well, listen. We're going to get into some more talk here in the overtime segment, okay? I want to hit on the alien agenda because I know you have a lot of things to say about that and also the demonic stuff and the Freemason stuff. And I'm going to throw a little teaser out there for people that are on the fence of going over there. Let's just say it involves Papa Legba. What the heck is Papa Legba? Because you said it like I should know and I don't even know. Um, He is an entity in voodoo culture that he's supposed to be the gateway between you and whatever's on the other side. Okay. All right. Well, listen, I appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah. And before we get out of here, I want to give everybody a chance to uh, hear about your music again. Just remember, guys, uh, he is a musician and fantastic work. And uh, where can they find you and uh, Quan and Van Tesla and the music? So uh, if you want to find us on Instagram, go to at van underscore Tesla underscore. Um, If you want to find us individually, which is always good too, uh, go to Quan Duke at Quan Duke. Um, You'll find him on Instagram as well. And you'll find me at at Johnny underscore idol underscore for Joel Thomas. If you want to find any of our music online at 
all streaming platforms. Go to Joel Thomas or Quan Duke. Uh, generally, you'll find us. Uh, if you go to one page, you're going to see the Van Tessel stuff pop up pretty quick and all that's yeah. connected for both of us. So we generally, when we drop them, we do joint drops together. And that's kind of how we put out the I've Van Tessel stuff. Yeah. yeah. When you when you drop Van Tessel stuff, it's everywhere. And right. I was just like, <laughs> I dig it. <laughs> I dig it. So uh, yeah, everybody check out Van Tessa, get their music because I'm telling you, uh, you can be in on the ground floor on the ground floor of this fandom that's going to build up for you guys. Um, I'm a huge fan. In fact, Mark Mark is here in studio, and uh, he's the one that reached out to me to share the music. He produces your music. He and does stuff. a lot of our music. Yeah. yeah. And uh, when Mark reached out, he sent. He's like, I forget what Mark said. He's like, Hey, this is a group that I work with. You know, check out the music. And uh, I, I, to be honest with you. I think I was sitting on the toilet when he said to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, great. I was like, well, I'm in the perfect spot to put this where it belongs. Oh, you know, so like awesome. I was like, because I, I mean, I get, I get people I'm that sure. send a lot of music and stuff. I was like, okay, all right. Yeah. And and then I was just like, holy crap. Right. I mean, listen, like the first thing I look for in music, even before the lyrical content, right, is how does it sound? Because if, if, it, if you don't have the production down, even if you have good lyrics and you have a good message, people right. aren't going to hear it because they can't hear past the mu- the crappy music. Right, for sure. But the music and the production was so good. And then I like, okay, let me listen to this song now. And I was like, whoa, these dudes are really talking about it. Right. And that's when I messaged Mark back and I was like, yo, <laughs> <laughs> yo, we need to do something here. I think I actually sent Mark my, my cell phone number. I was like, we need to talk. And right. so uh, very grateful to Mark uh, doing this and reaching out and stuff. And uh, I'm very grateful for the relationship I've been able to build over the past, what, six months or whatever yeah. with you guys. Right. But uh, it's been really cool. And we're part of this journey, this re- this resistance journey. It's yeah. not just music. It's podcasting. It's anybody. All of it. Yeah. Anybody who is not going to settle for uh, what's being crammed down our throats. Right. We are the rebellion. And uh, it comes in the in many different forms. Some Absolutely. some people are musicians. Some people are podcasters. Some people are poets. Some people are you know uh, artists like Absolutely. with a brush. Yeah, there's some people who are are preachers. There's people who aren't any of that stuff, but they are parents. Right. You know. And you're on the front line of the next generation if you're a parent. Right. And so it doesn't matter who you are if you have this spirit, this rebellion spirit of where we're going in the world. Right. You are part of the rebellion. Find your place in it. And so you guys are doing great with the music. And uh, we are joining forces here with what we do. And we're going to continue to do it moving forward. I appreciate that, man. We love you too. Absolutely, man. All right, guys. If you are listening right now, head on over to the overtime segment because there's a whole other hour, two, three, ten. I don't know how long it's going to go, but it's going to go. I'll see you over there. Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it, please share the show with your friends, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. I don't care where you share the show. Just share the show if you enjoyed it, because that's the best thing you can do to help the show grow. Also, make sure you go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel and check out the other conversation that is only broadcasted on YouTube. We did it live right there in the studio. You'll see my ugly face and Joel's beautiful, long red beard. And we talk about the music industry and everything in between. Great conversation right there on YouTube. Wait, 
waiting for you to consume. And if you are a member, go ahead to the website right now. We have an overtime segment right there waiting for you to listen to the other half of this show. And it got real fun, friends. I promise you, you're not going to regret it. So go ahead and check it out in the overtime section right now. And until next week, friends, stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free. But first, it'll piss you off. Bye. Ops. Every girl I know back home be running plots. Contractually speaking, I made a quarter off stocks, and everything is paid off. And I'm still punching in the clock, cause I know the end game. The game don't end. Cognitive dissonance in your friend, your feelings thin. Let's open up the clubs, I wanna see you out now. Let's open your face, put that stupid ass mask on. Beefing on, grab the horns, I'm milking cash. Dollars. Devils on. To Pelosi's adrenochrome stash Baby's blood That's a sore spot I went to Black Bourdain Hanging from a doorknob Dystopia my zeitgeist Don Lemon says that white guys Are the problem Then he goes and dates a white guy If I'm white I'm a racist But if I do the history The underground railroad Was started by black and white racists Then why are we tearing down statues Of Lincoln who fall for emancipation I'm losing the last of my patience I got a shotty and I'll get your body If you push a Pfizer or Johnson and Johnson on me I'll take it for now my boys are like two Mr. Potato Heads Yes, said mister You tell me the Chinese are cultured The Uyghurs are dying in prison For religion, the oppression I'm mixing the Q-drops with Mainstream And Tupac with Alex Jones and Catherine Fitz And cook me up a stew pot And calculate the truth Cause a portion is a psyop I'm tying my own news I cut my own hair off To make you see I'm Van Gogh in the flesh Everyone I know back Ops. Every girl I know back home be running plots Contractually speaking, I made a quarter off stocks And everything is paid off and I'm still punching in the clock Cause I know the end game, the game don't end Cognitive dissonance in your frame, your feelings thin Let's open up the cars, I wanna see you out now Let's open your face, put that stupid ass mask down Beefing around, grab the horns and milk and cash down Devil's around Identify with the shoes that were made to the strap. He be voting, he rock stickers, she do squash just to take pictures. God told me to go, that means I told myself to go. I love on now, no, it's easier to maneuver. I climb up in your head and I join your team of shoulders. Suicide, who am I? I'm the incubating host of your folk life. We just bodies with some bodies, all them souls you got. I don't want them in my conscience. Start with yourself, you just
set for you At the bottom of the bottom Like plankton in this bucket A century plan crisis Stamp with a baby's footprint The truth will set you free From them bloody ass newsprints You're not fighting power You just giving power back But I distribute power free I'm Nicola and the Fly Everyone I know back home Forgot a lot Every girl I know back home Be running plots Social media speaking out like people more than bots And I just clean my ass the clubs without a vax now let's all agree together Fauci is an ass clown put Bill Gates in a fool Nelson till he taps 